Well, good morning. I'm playing a little bit of everything this morning. I'm recognizing graduates and singing solos, and now I'm preaching, so I'm getting to really test out that servant thing this morning, ain't I? But uh, I was, uh, again, honored when Brother John has been preached this morning. Again, I mean, it's not often on a Sunday morning a pastor will give up his pulpit, so Brother John, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Um, this morning I was a little stumped on what to preach on, but uh, God finally gave it to me, and I've got some really good news for you this morning. Um, if you come here this morning looking for a powerhouse sermon from a powerhouse of a preacher, I've got some good news for you. If you'll come back next Sunday morning, you'll hear one. <laughs> you probably won't hear one too good this morning, but uh, I'm going to do what the Lord will let me do. And uh, <laughs> It's kind of funny because at the end of last week, end of our invitation, Brother John made the mention how we'd be starting a sermon series on marriage this week. As y'all know, I'm not an expert in marriage. <laughs> Ask me in about another year or so, maybe I'll know a little bit about something, but uh, this morning I ain't able to give you a message on uh, marriage, but I'm going to try to give you a message from the Lord this morning. And uh, graduates, I want to say, you know, I know I've only been with y'all for about a year, but uh, I'm proud of y'all because this is a really significant thing y'all have done. I had to find Haley over there. I couldn't find her. Uh, this is a really significant thing, a big accomplishment in your life to graduate high school. Let me tell y'all a story. There was a young man that was in high school, and he was having difficulty completing his requirements in time to graduate. And he had written his final essay of his high school career, but he failed it. So a couple of weeks before graduation, he prayed and asked God, he said, God, do you have any news for me? Anything I can go off of? And God said, well, I've got good news for you and I've got bad news for you. He said, the good news is that on May 23rd at 7.34 p.m., you will graduate from high school with honors. He said, but the bad news is that on May 23rd at 7.35 p.m., the rapture will happen. <laughs> and no one's going to care. <laughs> well, graduates, this morning, I wanted to let you know that we care. We as your church family care that you're graduating. We care about your future. Your graduation, like I said, is one of the most, if not the most significant accomplishment of your life up to this point. Um, and today, I want you to hear a word from God. I want to attempt to encourage you as you begin this next chapter of your life, as you begin to take these next steps. And church, a lot of what I say this morning will be directed towards these graduates. But this message, this message I believe, is something that we can all take. We can all take something from this. And uh, it'd be uplifting to our lives. Graduates, I won't lie to you. Um, as soon as you graduate, your life probably won't get any easier. Um, if anything, it gets harder. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that, you know, once you move out and go to college, everything's just smooth sailing because it's not. Um, it gets much harder. You have to learn how to grow up. You have to learn how to become independent. You know, you've lived with your parents your whole lives. They've taken care of you. You know, they've bought you what you've needed, what you've wanted. They've, uh, not because they had to do that, but because they wanted to and because they loved you. They took care of you out of love for you. You know, I would give anything to only have the responsibilities today that I had back in high school. You know how many responsibilities I had when I was in high school? Zero. 
I mean, I maybe had to like feed a pet or two, but that's about it. I mean, I didn't have anything that like my parents were gonna like kick me out if I didn't do it. Like, I didn't have a lot of responsibility. My parents did everything for me. You know, they paid my bills. You know, they made sure I had a cell phone, all of that stuff. They did that for me. But now, you know, I'm 23 years old, and it's amazing how difficult my life has become in like five years. Amazing how much I have to worry about, how much stuff that I have to do. And guys, I want to tell you, that's coming for you as well. There's some tough days ahead of y'all. Now, you know, I'm only 23, and I've already struggled so much in my life. But God's been with me the whole way. And that's what I want you to know this morning is that God's going to be with you the whole way through this journey in life. You begin to learn fast from your mistakes. You begin to learn how to pick yourself up when you fall down. You begin to learn how to trust in God more. So this morning, if you have a copy of God's Word, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua chapter 1. And a lot of you probably already know where I'm going with this. This is a great, great word this morning. In the book of Joshua, we're told about the call and commissioning on Joshua's life. Now, Joshua was the successor of Moses. He was kind of the heir. So, graduates, to you, you're a little bit like Joshua. You know, Joshua was, not Joshua, I'm sorry, Moses was one of the greatest men of God that the Bible had known up to this point. One of the greatest servants that the Bible had known. And Joshua's a lot like you because one day all the people that keep our churches afloat, our pastors, our deacons, our Sunday school teachers, one day they're all going to be gone. No offense. And people you, like you, people your age, y'all are going to be all that's left. And it's going to be up to y'all to make sure the church survives so that while we're on this earth we can reach as many people with the gospel as we can. See, the ones we look to for advice won't always be around. See, the, the survival of the church is almost on your shoulders to make sure the church carries on. And just as God gives Joshua good news concerning his future, I believe that he's also going to give you good news for your challenging future that's ahead. So if you found your place in Joshua, if you would stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word this morning. Chapter 1, I'm going to start reading verse number 6. It says, Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Fathers, we come to you this morning, we thank you for this time of worship that we've had. We thank you for the reading of your word this morning. We thank you that your word is still powerful and it still changes lives today, Father. And I ask that this morning that you would just speak to us, speak through me, and that we would all have something that we could walk away from this place and say that it's been good to be in your house. And we've been changed this morning by your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Y'all be seated. So I've got four very quick points that I want to make this morning. When you hear the word four in a sermon, you're like, oh gosh, we're going to be here until, you know, like tonight. There's going to be four very quick points. You give me 15, maybe 20 minutes. I hope that I'll say something that will change your life this morning. 
The first thing I want, the, good, the first bit of good news I have for you graduates is God's promise of success. You know, it says in here that, you know, you may be successful wherever you go. Then on down it says that you may be prosperous and successful. You know, when I first read this passage, the first thing I think of is the word prosperity. My, my attention is drawn to that word prosperous. You know, there's a thing going around today that's just so wild. It's called a prosperity gospel. And, you know, in my opinion, that's almost an oxymoron. That almost don't make any sense. There's going to be such a thing as a prosperity gospel. You see, there's preachers out there that will tell you that you do what you want to do, and then God will bless you. You know, you live your life your way, and then God blesses you. That's actually the opposite. You live your life the way God wants you to live it, and then he blesses you. It's not as simple as, you know, just living your life for you. You have to live your life for God. And you'll hear this. When you go to college, you'll hear this all over the place. This prosperity gospel is everywhere. There'll be people that'll try to tell you, you know, as long as you're happy with what you're doing, God's okay with it. They'll tell you, as long as you're happy, if you're going out and getting drunk and going to parties and you're happy doing it, God's okay with that. They'll tell you that if you want to be gay, God's okay with that. It's all over their college campuses today. It's, it's, it's awful to see this. Notice what it says in verse 8. You know, it says that after you ingest the word of God, after you take in, after you meditate on the scripture, after you read it and let it become part of your life, it says, then you will be successful. And then you will be prosperous. Once you do the will of God, once you put yourself where God wants you to be, then he will bless you. Then he will make you successful. Then he will give you the things. See, God will provide for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, it was up on the screen just a minute ago. You know, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. You know, some people like to twist this verse around a little bit. You know, it's amazing to me the people that will take pictures of themselves, especially when they're holding like a beer can or something, and they'll post it on like Instagram or Facebook or something. They're like, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and they'll think what they're doing is okay. See, they try to make this verse about them, but it's not. This verse is about what God wants to do for you, not, what, not about what you want God to do for you. Are you all with me? It's not about you. It's about what God wants. You know, people think, you know, God has a plan for me, so I'll do what I want, and then he'll bless me. Then he'll make me successful. No, you do what God wants you to do, and then he blesses you. Then he'll make you successful. Then he'll make you prosperous. See, college is a roller coaster. That's the best way to describe it. It's one of those big, like, up and down ones. Like, you have your high points and you have your low points. College is full of those. You know, you're going to gain friends and you're going to lose friends. You know, you're going to fail tests and you're going to pass tests. It's just the way life is. Um, you know, everyone wants to succeed. Everyone wants to do well in what they do. But no one plans on being a failure, but sometimes it just happens. Sometimes we mess up. But that's okay because God still loves you. Throughout your failures and your mess-ups, God loves you the same way he did before you messed up. And he has a plan for you if you keep trusting in him. And he'll help you to succeed if you keep trusting in him. So, through that plan, God's promises, God promises that if you go down the path he has laid out for you, you will succeed. But what happens when you follow that path to success? When you're doing what God tells you to do, and then you hit a roadblock. Because you're going to hit a couple of them, too. Pretty much all the adults can probably say amen to that part. You're going to hit some roadblocks in your life. And what do you do then? 
Well, the next thing is, is when you feel like you're about to fail, some good news for you is that God promises his security. God promises to take care of you. He promises to look out for you. You know, he will help you. He'll give you the words to say in those tough encounters. You know, God is speaking to uh, Joshua here. You know, and he tells him three separate times to be strong and courageous. One time he says, be strong and very courageous. God's trying to encourage Joshua to make him learn to trust in him more. It's the same thing with you. God's got you. He's there for you. Church, if you're going through anything this morning, God's got you. He's with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to leave you in that hole. He's going to take you back out. But I want to let you know that we're here for you this morning, too. We're here to support you. That's the purpose of a church. Well, one of the purposes is to support each other, to be a, a, a group of believers, like a family. Someone, the people that group together and they help each other and they pray for one another and they go through tough times together. See, as crazy as it sounds, not only are we here for you, but your parents are there for you, too. You know, I don't know about y'all, but there's sometimes I don't like my parents. I love y'all, but there's sometimes, you know, our parents just get on our nerves, right? You know, it happens. But they're always going to be there for you. They're always going to love you. They're always going to take care of you. See, the more and more that you dive into this book and the more and more you try to find God's plan for your life and the more and more you begin to follow God, the harder Satan is going to come at you. The more you get in God's will, the more Satan tries to get in the middle of it. Because Satan knows that the closer you get to God, the harder it's going to be for him to pull you away from God. Because you're getting stronger and deeper rooted in God. So he comes at you harder. He's going to try to lead you astray. You know, he'll get in your ear and say, you know, it's just one dream. It'll be okay. It's just one joint. It'll be okay. It's just one knot of sex. It'll be okay. He'll try to tell you that, but don't listen to him. You have to run away and flee to God. Flee from sin. Flee back to God. And he will help you. He will take care of you. So he promises to make you successful if you do his will. And he promises to keep you safe as you go through that journey. But the next thing is that you have to keep God's rules. You know, the point here is that the good news for graduates includes God's provision of his commands. It means that he's going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you if you keep his rules. You know, in verse 7 there, it says, you know, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. You know, what does that mean? That means keep the Ten Commandments. You just got ten rules you got to keep. You know, don't serve another God. Don't worship your stuff. Don't use the Lord's name in anger. Always remember Sunday. Love your parents. Don't murder or hate. Don't lust. Don't steal. Don't stab your friend in the back. Don't be, be grateful for what you have. Those are the ten rules that God gave us. He asked us to keep. Follow these rules and God will bless you. He will take care of you. But let me tell you something right now. This is going to be some hard preaching right here. <laughs> You're going to fail. You're not always going to be successful. It's going to be hard. But see, that's because you're human. That's what makes you human. It's your flesh nature to sin. There's something I heard Dr. Character say when I first got here. He told this to our youth, and I love to go back to this. He asked him the question, I believe, why do we sin? And the answer was because we love our sin. We love the things we do. That's why we do them. You know, if you're an alcoholic, why do you drink? Because you love to drink. You know, it's stuff like that. If you're a gambler, why do you gamble? Because you like to gamble. We love our sin. That's why we do it. But each time we fail, each time we fail one of these rules God has given us, 
We must seek his forgiveness. We must go back to Jesus and ask him to forgive us of that sin and ask him to make us better. Let that be a teaching moment for us to help us along the way so we don't do it again. We follow the teachings of Jesus. We do what the Bible tells us to do. And here it says we should meditate on it day and night. Soak it up as much as you can. You know, let it be the words out of your mouth. Let it be the what speaks for you. There's something I began to think about as I was reading this passage. You know, Joshua, he conquered the promised land with five books of the Bible. You know, the promised land was a big place, and he conquered the entire thing with five books of the Bible. Imagine what you can do at your school. Imagine what church, imagine what you can do with your, at your workplace and your life. Imagine what we could do in our city, our, our country, our world. Imagine what we could do with all 66. If Joshua could conquer the promised land with five, what can we do with 66? All the tools we need are right here. We just have to find them. We just have to be willing to dig in and get them. And it's the same thing with y'all when y'all get to college. Everything you need to succeed in your life is in this book. But you have to find it. You have to look for it. You have to seek it out. Here's four things you can do. Right quick. First thing I want to mention here, this is one of the four. This book is the greatest tool in your life. I heard a preacher once explain this as our owner's manual. It's how we live our life. It's what happens when something gets broken. We, 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 we find this, and we see where we went wrong. We find the answer to our problems here. This is, this is the book you should cherish your entire life. I mean, you should cherish it so much like it wears out. You have to get a new one. Like you should overuse the thing. And there's four things I want you to do. First thing is commit to read your Bible daily when you're in college. And this is hard because you have tests You've got essays, you've got speeches, you've got all kinds of stuff to do when you get to college. I mean, the work just piles on. But commit to reading your Bible every day as much as you can. Anytime that you get a chance to read your Bible and you're not doing anything else, read it. Because you won't regret it. You'll always get something out of it. The second thing is pray to God that each time you read your Bible, ask him to speak to you from his word and reveal his plan for you. See, the Bible's a hard book to read. It's very difficult to interpret. It's very difficult to understand sometimes. But that's why before you read, you pray and ask God to help you understand what you're about to read and help you to apply it to your life so that you can live a better life for him. The third thing is do everything that he commands you to do through his word. If you read something in the Bible and you feel God, you pray and you ask God, you know, what do you want me to take out of this? And he gives you something he wants you to do, don't throw it in the back, do it. Follow his commands. It'll make your life better, I promise. It really, really will. It took me so long to understand that. You know, when God tells you to do something, if you just do it, he's going to work it out better than trying to do it yourself. I mean, I've tried so much to do stuff on my own. I failed every time. But when I began to learn how to trust in God and do what he told me to do, then I began to see that I was more successful in what I did. I was more successful. I mean, that's the word for it, I guess. Um, <laughs> And the last thing you can do is to hide it in your heart. Bury that word deep in your heart. You know, when you begin to understand God, the more you read the Bible, the more you'll understand God. When you begin to understand him, hide that in your heart. Hide what you know in your heart. That way, when you have those situations come up that you don't have an answer to, you can think, oh, yeah, this is what God said about that in the Bible. This is what he told me to do. Maybe I should do this and see if he gets me out of this. Pray to him. Seek him constantly. In Psalm 119, 
Verse 9, it says, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word and following its rules. I have tried my best to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you keep his rules and his commands and you hide his word in your life, he will take care of you. He will bless you. He will sustain you. So God promises to lead you on a path of success. Not only that, he promises to keep you safe while you're on that journey. But he requires us to keep all the rules that he's given us. That's his only option. You know, Adam and Eve, they were given one rule, and they couldn't keep one rule. I mean, they were in the most perfect place that had ever been created. And God said, don't eat this fruit. What did they do? They ate the fruit. They had one single rule, and they, they broke it. We have ten. Imagine, you know, Adam and Eve, they didn't have all the sin around them that we have today. You know, they had the devil whispering in their ear, which we all had the devil trying to whisper in our ears today. But they didn't have all this other junk going on today that we have. So they were really less enticed to sin. There, there was nothing, I mean, the only thing making them sin was the devil at that point. There wasn't anything else around them to encourage them. And they couldn't even keep one rule. So guys, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to keep all ten of those. But when you pray and ask God to help you and you ask him to forgive you when you do fail, then life begins to get better. Then you begin to succeed. Then he begins to bless you. But there's one more thing I want to share with you this morning. I'll be brief. The good news for y'all, and church, this is good for all of us. It includes God's promise of his presence. God promises to be with us. In verse 9, he says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's always with you. See, when Christ came to this earth, and he lived his life, he died on that cross, and he rose from the dead. Before he went to heaven, well, when he went to heaven, you know, he left something with us. We left the Holy Spirit with us. And the Holy Spirit is what lives in us. You know, we kind of, we were talking about last week in Sunday school. <clears throat> I think somebody kind of described it as almost like a, kind of like a conscience in a way. And you know, it's kind of like that voice. It's God, you know, being with us and telling us how to live our lives and telling us what to do. Um, it's God directing our paths. We have the Holy Spirit. God will never leave us or forsake us. He's always with us because he loves us. He wants to see us succeed. And his plan is not for you to fail. He has no intentions of you failing. But still, we have to look to him so that we can succeed. Because he has a plan for us, but we have to follow it. We have to be willing to accept that plan and follow his rules. And church, it's the same thing with us today. I mean, I know I'm talking specifically to them. But this is for us too. God has a plan for all of our lives. And... Sometimes we don't even know what it is. I had no intention of being a preacher. I had no desire to be a preacher. But that's what God needed me to be. So God called me to do that, and I said, all right, God, I don't understand why, but let's go. And the more and more that I do it, the more and more I realize that this is God's calling. And it's the same thing, no matter what it is, God's called us all to do something in our lives. And we can use that something to reach others. 
But see, the first step before God calls us, we have to have that relationship. We have to have that one-on-one connection, that together, we have to be together with Him. We have to accept Christ into our lives. We have to believe that Christ did come to earth as a man and He suffered and lived a perfect life and He went through every temptation that we could ever imagine going through. You know, everything y'all are going to face in college, Jesus has already went through it. He was on earth, what, 33, 34 years, something like that? And he went through everything that y'all could have possibly went through. He understands the pain. So go to him when you start going through that. Ask him to help you. And when he came to this earth, he lived that life. And when he died on the cross willingly, you know, he could have sat down and angel of armies whenever he wanted to. And he could have ended all of that. But he didn't, and that's because of his love. That's because he loved all of us so much. He didn't want to see us separated from God forever. He willingly gave up his life. And he took a beating and he took a death that he didn't even deserve. But he took that just for us because of his love for us. And that's something that we all need to accept. And that we all need to realize that needs to be a part of our life. So... I don't know what you need this morning. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know if you need Christ this morning. If you need Christ, I invite you to come down. Don't leave this place without him. There's plenty of people that will be willing to talk to you about accepting Christ this morning. Because he is really the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. He is the best thing that will ever happen to you. He will completely change your life. Maybe this morning you have a need in your life and you have something going on. You just don't have the answer to it anymore. You haven't looked to God. You haven't trusted in Him. You haven't followed His rules and asked Him to guide you and direct you. Maybe you need to ask God to come and help you. As we pray whenever you're here, Father, we come to you this morning. Father, we just, we love you. We're so thankful for just everything you've done for us. We thank you for these graduates this great accomplishment that they've made in their lives, Father. Father, we ask that in these days ahead that you just bless them, bless their lives, and help them keep their focus on you, keep their focus on Jesus, and know that he's the one that guides their path. He's the one that helps them along the way. We ask that you be with them. Father, I, ask, pray, I pray for everybody in this church, Father, that may have a need this morning. I pray if there's a lost person here, that they would hear your voice, that you would begin to knock on that door, Father. You begin to encourage them and tell them, convict them of their sin, Father. Say, would come to this altar and be saved, Father, and leave this place a changed person. Father, I pray for the church member here that's tired and weary and just, they can't go on with the journey anymore. They're so wore out from this life that you would encourage them this morning. You would give them strength. You would give them, you would empower them to keep moving, Father. Father, Father I ask that you just have your will and your way in this service this morning. And Father, whatever your will is, we'll give you the honor and we'll give you the glory.